Hello everyone, you're listening to America Meditating Radio. We collect wisdom, inspire each other, and empower hearts on demand 24-7. I'm Sister Jenna, host of the syndicated America Meditating Radio. Join us as we talk one-on-one with leading experts who answer life's most compelling questions. Because in a world of uncertainty, we need answers right here, right now. America Meditating Radio, a show for everyone to learn more about this amazing thing called life. of God. Grace has many expressions. And without a doubt, it has engaged in your life so many times, you have no idea. If you 
understood how often and how much your lives have been protected, guided, intervened by heaven, your jaw would drop on the floor. That is the nature of grace. And it's an itsy bitsy voice, but everybody has that. It's like a, a wave of guilt that goes through you that says, Are you really sure you want to say that or think that about that person? That's, that's grace in action. That's grace that comes in and says, That's how grace operates in your life. It saves you from doing something harsh and dark and gives you an option to do something good and light in its place. Grace is the breath of God. Welcome to America Meditating Radio. Glad that you could join us. And as we say indoors, I hope we're staying inside ourselves and doing the necessary changes that we've always wanted to do, but maybe we're too busy in not being able to care for the soul, especially at a deep emotional level. I'm really excited about bringing our next guest on because the question arises, like, have you ever thought about how much your emotions influence your well-being? Today, Dr. Bradley Nelson is the author of the best-selling book, The Emotion Code. It explains how to identify and release trapped emotions that block us from wellness. Dr. Bradley Nelson is a veteran holistic physician and one of the world's foremost experts on natural methods of achieving wellness. He has trained thousands of certified practitioners worldwide to help people overcome physical and emotional discomfort by releasing their emotional baggage. Today, I'm happy to welcome back our wonderful brother, Dr. Bradley Nelson. Bradley, thank you for joining us. Good morning, Sister Jenna. I'm so grateful to be back on your show again. Great (laughs) to be here. Me too. When we were trying to do this before, but we had some technical difficulties, you had shared that your daughter wasn't doing so well. How is she doing today? Quite a lot better, thank you. Oh, good. Please give her my blessings and good wishes. Will do. Thank you so much. Appreciate your thoughts. Of course, always. COVID-19 is having quite an interesting consequence on our lives around the world. What are your thoughts about what this is about, and what do you think it's teaching you? I think that when this kind of thing happens and our normal day-to-day routine gets disrupted in some dramatic way, that it always presents an opportunity for us to demonstrate and to realize and to have the opportunity to choose who we want to be and what we want to be about and how we want to deal with things and how we choose to deal with the things that life throws at us. This, of course, is hugely disruptive 
event that's ongoing for many, many people. Hopefully, we'll be able to get past this quickly and life can go back to normal. But no matter what happens to us, I believe that there are always two sides of the coin. There's the dark side of it, but then there's also the positive side. And so there are some positives. And I, my heart goes out to those who have lost loved ones and who are sick from this. But if we just look at it in these terms, people in many cases are reconnecting with family members. Families are drawing closer. Our own family, for example, our two sons both lost their jobs. And so they've moved back in with us along with their dog and their cat. So we have two dogs and a cat now living in our house. But there have been some really positive sides of that, that we're kind of reconnecting with them. So there are some good things. It's important, I think, to realize that there's always the yin and the yang of things. If you remember the yin-yang circle, you've got the light side and the dark side. And basically that means that in any dark situation, there is always light. And no matter what we go through, it's going to give us experience and ultimately will be for our benefit. And part of that, again, is choosing how we're going to deal with things and choosing if we are going to give in to all the dark negative emotions or if we're going to stay on the brighter side of that. Indeed. You know, I love how you've been using the word choosing because it really is a choice how we handle this current times. I know at the time of our recording this show, death rates would have superseded 1,000. I know the hospitals around the country, especially outside of the country, are overwhelmed and they're struggling to get beds, ventilators. But also my concern about the emotional state of the health care providers who took an oath and a promise to take care of us when we come in. And there is right now a lot of emotional baggage that's coming up for people which they weren't able to address in the past, but also new emotions are emerging. Could you speak to me about that? What are you observing? Is it the emotions that are coming in, like what's happening to us that we're just not able to deal with what's happening when we're not under that kind of a duress? Where are those emotions coming from? Well, trapped emotions or our emotional baggage consists of the emotional energies that we have not really been able to process from the emotional events that we've been through before in our lives. And so when emotional events happen to us that are negative, we like to think that we deal with those things and move on. But much of the time, we carry the emotional energies from those things. In other words, emotions are energy. And when we feel an emotion, what we're feeling on a quantum level in the body is a particular frequency of energy. And that emotional energy sometimes is so overwhelming that it can become trapped in the body and can interfere then with our ability to be healthy and to move on. I believe we talked about that a little bit last time on your show. Does that ring a bell? It does ring a bell. And I remembered we were looking at how the trapped emotions sit there for such a long period of time. And yes, it also plays a part in the way that our illnesses are emerging. Have you even thought about projecting what we are going through at a global level? What kind of an illness, Bradley, could possibly emerge from what we're going through? Because it's so intense. And the fact that we can't really identify what it is, does that add to the horror? as to what our physical bodies must be going through. Well, I think so. I think that because this is an invisible enemy 
that's all the more disconcerting for us. If this was an enemy that was visible, that we could put a face to, etc., then that would be one thing. And as difficult as that may be, it would be easier, I think, than this present situation because it's so discombobulating and no one knows who's carrying this virus and so on. I think that to bring it back to the emotional side of this, we know that we all have emotional baggage. And the reason why this is important is because these bodies of ours that seem so solid and so three-dimensional and so made of matter, what quantum physicists have been telling us for many, many years is that there really is no matter as such. Matter is just energy that is held in vibration at a certain frequency that enables us to perceive it as matter. That might seem kind of strange, but everything ultimately is just energy. These bodies of ours are energy. The chair you're sitting in, your home, the earth, the sun, the moon, the stars, it's all made of the same stuff. And thought is made of the same stuff, energy, and so is emotion. So in a situation like this, where we all have emotional baggage that we've been dragging through our lives, unless we've been working on getting rid of that using some method like the emotion code. The problem is that it makes it more difficult for us if we're still dragging around a lot of emotional baggage when a new emotional situation comes up like this one that is so off-balancing and so disconcerting, then all of that emotional baggage that we're already carrying can kind of activate and make it much more difficult for us to feel peace and feel calm. And believe me, there is peace to be obtained in this present situation. There is calm that can be obtained. There are many people out there who are feeling total peace in this situation, feeling total calm. And I believe that that has to do with getting rid of as much of that emotional baggage as you can so that when a situation comes up like this, you're not reactivating all of that old baggage. You're just dealing with the present in a more pure sort of way. It also has to do, I believe, with connecting with that source. Right. However people refer to that, you know, and it's different for everyone, but God, Father in heaven, the creator, the source of everything, reconnecting with that, I think, especially during a time like this, is so, so critically important. Yeah. I think that's actually one of the things that is a byproduct of this that I believe is actually happening. Whether we realize it or not, I think that this is going on, that people are stuck at home and they're realizing what's really important and what really matters. And that is one of these positive side effects of this whole situation. As unfortunate as it is in so many other ways, I think that's a good side effect. Yes, I do feel that too. I do feel there will be a more upsurge in our reconnection at a deeper level with the source. Your best-selling book, The Emotion Code, teaches us how to understand, identify, release emotions associated with a lot of forms of illnesses. Now, you released a revised and expanded edition. What's new in this book and the world of energy healing? Well, since the first book came out in 2007, the first Emotion Code, first edition. It came out at a time when energy medicine was not really all that accepted. And one of the things that's been really gratifying for me is to see, since the book came out, the momentum and the progress that energy healing, energy medicine has made has been 
really dramatic. It's been an exponential increase. So that now, if you talk to someone about energy healing or energy medicine, their eyes don't glass over or cross like they used to. Instead, you'll generally get a positive response. Oh, yes, I've heard of that. That's really interesting. I'd like to know more. That's been a wonderful thing. We realized as the years went by, there were things that we learned about emotional baggage that we wanted to put into the book. There was more that we learned about inherited trapped emotions. Those are emotional energies that you're dragging around that aren't even yours, that you got at conception from mom or dad that may have gotten at their conception from their mom or dad. And these can go back for generations. And so we've added a whole new chapter about the inherited emotions to the book. And it's been really fun. You know, when the first book came out, it was pretty much impossible for me to get any of the mainstream publishers interested in the book. That's how much really? things have changed. Yes, I met with most of the big publishers. And then in about 2018, I guess it was, that number of years had gone by and suddenly all the big five publishers are basically suddenly in a bidding war to see who's going to be able to buy the rights to the emotion code. After looking at everybody, we went with St. Martin's Press. And so they're our publisher now. And they're helping us to take the book in a bigger way to the rest of the world. I'm so glad to hear that. It's so interesting how much things have shifted and how much they continue to shift. And so we're in a fascinating time. You know, the earth is in this transformational process, really, I believe. The earth is in labor, if you think about it. It's kind of how I look at it. Trying to birth this new world. And this whole thing that's going on with this virus, I believe, is really part of that. It's a symptom. It's a symptom of us moving towards this new world, and it's something that we need to go through. It's not going to be easy to get to this new world. There's going to be challenges like this, and there are going to be a lot of the old power structures that have been dark power structures working to suppress mankind, to suppress the knowledge of mankind, to suppress dramatic inventions, and to keep mankind in a form of slavery of one type or another. What's going to happen, I believe, is that those structures that are now uh, struggling with all their might to maintain their power base and to maintain their control, ultimately are doomed to fail. And I believe that the light is going to win the day and prevail, and we are going to get to that world. And I think that it's a lot closer than we may think. I agree with you. Now let's talk about trapped emotions. Mm-hmm. What causes our emotions to be trapped, Dr. Nelson? Here's what happens to us. If you think about this, When you're feeling an intense emotion of anger or resentment or grief or depression or frustration, whatever it might be, what's going on in the body on a quantum level? What is an emotion really? Well, we are beings ultimately of pure energy, and emotions are also pure energy. Every emotion has its own specific vibrational frequency. If you're feeling an emotion of anger on a quantum level, you're feeling a different vibration than if you're feeling an emotion of sadness and so on. If that emotion is powerful enough, it can be too powerful for the body to really process. One of the things that we learned over the last year since the book first came out was more about this emotional process. And so what happens is when something happens, you're presented with some kind of a situation or someone says something to you or does something to you, et cetera, or you do something wrong or whatever, you start to feel an emotion. Now, that emotion is a message that is coming out of your deep subconscious. And that emotion is being felt because of what's happening in the moment, but also because of 
whatever emotional baggage is trapped in your body at that moment because that emotional energy will suddenly activate. So if you're carrying baggage of anger, for example, and a situation comes up where you feel the emotion of anger, you can choose to go into that emotion if you want to. You can choose to really truly feel that. You can become very, very angry. That's a choice that you make. But oftentimes that emotion that initially starts to present itself is really coming from the echo of the other emotional baggage that you have in your body, you see. And so what we know now is that this process, if it gets interrupted somehow, that is how emotions become trapped. So, for example, let's say a situation arises, you're feeling the emotion of anger. Let's use the emotion of fear, since I think that's maybe a more common one right now. That emotion is coming up for you. You're really feeling that emotion of fear, and you're choosing to feel that emotion of fear as well. That's a choice that you're making, and it's becoming more and more and more powerful. It can become so powerful that your whole being can be vibrating with that emotional frequency, and that then will lend itself to allowing part of that emotional energy to become trapped in the body. And essentially what's happening is the subconscious mind If that emotion is intense enough, the subconscious mind makes the decision. Essentially, it says, well, wow, this is a really serious thing, whatever this is. We better hold on to some of this trapped emotional energy so that we'll be prepared for this kind of thing next time. And so some of that energy gets trapped. Now, that's one way that emotional energy becomes trapped in the body. A trapped emotion is a ball of energy from about the size of a baseball to about the size of a cantaloupe or a melon. And these can become lodged anywhere in the body. And then what they do is they distort the normal energy field of the body. And that's the reason why trapped emotions are such a big underlying cause of so many illnesses. Because you can only be as healthy as your energy of your body. That energy body of yours is being disrupted by emotional baggage, literally these balls of anger and resentment and so on. It's going to be much harder for you to be healthy. But then what they also do they will make it more likely for you to feel that emotion when something else comes up. Let's imagine that you have a trapped emotion of fear from some event that you went through maybe as a child. And now maybe you're a healthcare provider and you're working in a hospital and you are certainly likely to feel that emotion of fear, but you'll be much more likely to feel that emotion of fear if you have this emotional baggage in your body already because those tissues are already feeling that emotional frequency 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And so then it can become overwhelming for you because not only are you dealing with the present emotional energy, but it's enhanced and empowered and logarithmically pushed to its limit by this energy that you already are carrying. And so we all want to have peace, right? Yes. We all want to be able to be in a peaceful sort of a state, no matter what's going on around us. And really, truly, we have that ability. But so much of it is about the battle that we face that really is an internal battle where we struggle with this emotional baggage that is within us that we don't even know we have. And so we wonder why it's so hard for us to create peace and why we have such a struggle creating that peace when we're full of emotional baggage. That's what the emotion code is about. It's about enabling us to find that emotional baggage, get rid of it so that we can have peace. You know, what people often say is that after a certain point, 
it's like stepping out of this old being that you used to be. It's like stepping out of this old suit of clothes you've been wearing, all this emotional stuff, and stepping out into a new state of being that's much closer to what that higher power intended for you to really be. Yes, because the body is a costume, the soul is really the driver, right? And Absolutely. Maybe a lot of this internal time that we now have in our hands is to have us pay more attention to the soul rather than the body and to be able to really nurture what's really required at a very deep spiritual level. I know somebody who has been holding on to some sort of a thought or trauma for decades. Yep, that happens. That happens all the time. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to ask for your advice since I have you on the air. (laughs) (laughs) It'll be free advice. Despite whatever best advice is offered to this particular person, they have served a consistent thought about pain in their chest is where they always focus their pain. And they say, the pain in my chest. And then they'll Uh say, I can't breathe, or I've never felt pain like this ever. And every day they go on with the same narrative. And I said, but yesterday you said you'd never felt pain like that. You mean to say you're feeling such excruciating pain that goes on for days upon days upon years upon years. Now, where that person is concerned, Dr. Nelson, they're not hearing what's going on. And when you look at the person, their faces look fine. You know when a person is in physical pain. You can see that there's just something deeper going on in the personality. How can you help that person to get out of that train of thought? Because sometimes you wonder if they stopped thinking it, they'd be so scared because now they wouldn't know what to do because it's been years that they've served that thought. They've trapped that emotion so deeply in themselves that they believed in it. And despite all the medical checks, everything comes back fine. Yes, absolutely. Well, my own experience with this kind of thing and people that are in this sort of a situation is that they always have what we call a heart wall. A heart wall is literally a wall of energy that is put up around a person's heart during a situation when they feel like their heart is going to break. The heart is so much more than we ever used to think. Back in the 1960s, when doctors started doing heart transplants, it didn't take long before people started coming back to them and reporting strange things, like their taste in music or food or sports had radically changed. Sometimes they would say that they had memories of being in places that they never in their lives had visited, but yet they had those memories. Sometimes they would say that their handwriting had totally changed. And in every case, When these people were connected with the family of the donor, the heart donor, they would find out, oh, yes, our son visited Rome, and you have those memories now, and you've never been there? How weird is that? Or, oh, yes, that's our daughter's handwriting. That's unbelievable. Spooky, right? So there are whole books written about this. It's called Cellular Memory. That starts to give us a little bit of an inkling about the heart and how the heart is really a second brain. And of course, studies have been done now that show that the heart puts out this energy field that extends out around the body 12 feet in diameter. It's by far the most powerful organ in the body. And if you're feeling love or affection for another person, your heartbeat will become measurable in their brain waves. So there's this whole communication going on between all of us. But when we feel like our heart is going to break, you know, the ancient societies believed the heart was the seat of the soul, the source of love and creativity and romance and so on. And if you feel like your heart is going to break, 
don't you feel it in your chest? You feel it in your heart, right? If someone's really hurting you or you're really deeply grieved or you've just lost a loved one, you feel that. And that's where those words like heartache and heartbreak come from. I believe that the heart really is the core of our being, it's the seat of the subconscious mind. That might seem funny for people who are educated in Western medicine and who only are used to looking at the heart as a muscle because in medical school, that's all that you're taught is that the heart is just a muscle and that's it. But in 1991, they discovered that the heart actually has a cluster of cells in it that they nicknamed the tiny brain in the heart or the little brain in the heart. And it's a totally different brain than the brain that's in our heads. And yet when they looked at the communication between the brain in our heads and the brain that is in our heart, so they looked at the communication between the heart and the brain, they found that the vast majority of the impulses were traveling not from the brain to the heart, which is what they expected, but just the opposite. Most of the impulses travel from the heart to the brain. But when you feel like your heart is going to break, your subconscious mind, in an effort to try to protect itself, will put up a wall around that heart. And that wall is made from layers of your emotional baggage. So to protect her heart from aching, she puts up a wall of pain? You think so? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've seen this so many, many times. What happens is it's a subconscious thing. People put up that wall. And by the way, 93% of people have what we call a heart wall. It's a temporary measure, and it's an effort to protect their heart from being totally broken. But the problem is it cuts you off from your ability to really deeply connect with other people because you've been hurt. It's kind of like your subconscious mind will move your heart into a bunker and then it makes it harder for you to really connect with other people, harder for you to feel peace, harder for you to feel positive emotions, easier for you to feel negative emotions. It makes you very prone to feelings of sadness and anxiousness and so on. I like to believe now that we're living in the age of the heart because we're starting to understand how important and how critically necessary the heart is to our ability to really manifest who we're capable of becoming. And I believe that people who have a heart wall, who especially have been really hurt, who suddenly go through some other kind of hurt, these people are more likely to suffer, I believe, something that the Japanese discovered that they call Takatsubo syndrome, where the heart is suddenly failing, but because of emotions. And so they found that women, especially over age 55, who experience a dramatic negative emotional event may suddenly die because their heart basically gives up and They call it broken heart syndrome. In the U.S., doctors call it cardiac syndrome. Japan, they called it Takatsubo syndrome. And the reason why they call it that is because when they were studying this, they found that the heart in those moments would assume this very peculiar shape on an X-ray, and the heart would actually look like a Takatsubo jar, which is a jar that Japanese fishermen put on the bottom of the ocean, to collect octopus. The octopus thinks it's found a great home, crawls in there, and then they pull the jar out and they get the octopus. And it looks exactly like that. It's really the most amazing thing. So a great example of this, I think, is where Doug Flutie, who was a football player back in, I think, in the late 70s, played for Boston. A few years ago, 
he lost his father. His father died of a heart attack. And he and his mother were in his hospital room, and his father had been dead for about an hour, and his mother leaned over to give him a kiss goodbye on the forehead and suddenly slumped over and was gone. And he lost both of his parents in the space of an hour. And I think that's a classic example of someone literally dying of a broken heart. And so... What's the cure, Dr. Nelson? The cure to that really is... Let me tell you that when I was working, and I've been doing this now for about 32 years, and during many, many years of working with people, before I knew that this phenomenon was even something that could exist, I had no idea, I would work with people who had emotional baggage, and I would release as much emotional baggage as I could find, but yet I knew in many cases that there was still something else going on. There was still some kind of emotional baggage that these people had, and I could not find it. Well, what happened was we had this experience in 1998 where my wife one morning woke me up. She'd had a dream. She'd asked me if I would help her to decipher this dream. There were some symbols from her dream. And as I was trying to help her understand this dream, I suddenly had what I can only describe as a waking vision where suddenly the room that I was in disappeared. And instead, I'm seeing this incredibly beautiful hardwood floor I have this understanding that comes into my mind that my wife's heart is underneath this floor. And I had absolutely no idea what this meant. I had no idea what this was supposed to mean. And I told my wife what I was seeing and understanding. And this lasted, by the way, for several minutes. I'd never had anything like this happen to me before or since. It was an amazing thing. So we prayed and asked for some help from up above and some understanding. And we started doing some muscle testing on her, asking questions of her subconscious mind. And what we found was, She had started to put up a wall around her heart. She grew up in a home with hardwood floors. So the symbolic material that her subconscious mind had chosen was hardwood floor. And this wall, we found, was literally made from layers of her emotional baggage. There were about 10 trapped emotions that had been moved into these layers of energy. It's like a force field around her heart. So it took us a couple of weeks to release these emotions around her heart. Now, the price that she had paid for having this wall around her heart was that all of her life, she had difficulty feeling positive emotions. It was easy for her to feel negative emotions, hard to feel positive emotions. It was easy for her to feel sadness and anxiousness and so on. That's because of the trauma that she went through earlier on and since she wasn't able to let it go? Yeah, it was because of that emotional baggage that was wrapped around her heart, literally those layers of emotional energy. In the beginning, I thought this is probably the only person that has this, but now we know that over 90% of people have this phenomenon going on. For her, she had always felt like she was on the outside looking in, in any situation, in any environment she was ever in. Even with people that she'd known all of her life, she never really felt like she belonged. It was weird, mm-hmm. but that's how she felt until that last emotion was released. And that's what the emotion code is about, is how to do this. It was much easier for her to live in a happier way. And she felt like she belonged for the first time. Well, the next person that I saw that had this phenomenon going on was a nurse who came to me for neck pain. She was 38 years old. And as I was talking with her, she told me that She had not dated in eight years and was single and was never going to date again. She was going to die a single person. She was going to live single her whole life. And I said, well, why do you feel that way? 
She said that eight years before, she was really deeply in love with this guy who had dumped her and broke her heart. So I tested her, found she had three trapped emotions that were making up this wall around her heart. And so one at a time, we released those emotions. And when the last emotion was gone, suddenly the neck pain was gone. And that's what she'd come in for. And so she was thrilled, and I was thrilled, and she left and didn't come back for three months. And when she came back in, I'll never forget this, I looked at her and I said, hey, I haven't seen you for a while. How are you? She said, you know, my neck has been fine since I was here. But she said, you cleared that heart wall for me, and that really worked. About two weeks after I was here, I found out that my childhood sweetheart has been living right around the corner from me for almost eight years. And we're dating, and we're in love. And I think he's going to ask me to marry him. And I thought, wow. So if you multiply that story by thousands and tens of thousands of stories now around the world, that's what's driving this emotion code phenomenon around the world. People are finding out that they can do this themselves. They can work on themselves. They can work on their own kids. They can work on their parents and their spouses and so on. It's an amazingly powerful technique and method. And it's so important right now. And the reason why is... Because there is so much baggage that we are dealing with, and it's all coming up for us, all of our insecurities, all the old emotional baggage, all the fears, all the dreads, all the panics, they're all coming back now and getting activated. And so releasing that emotional baggage now can give us peace. And let me tell you, when you are in a state of peace, and I'm preaching to the choir here, of course, you know this very well, when you're in a state of peace, our immune system can function like it's supposed to. When we're feeling those feelings of negativity and anxiety and fear, those feelings create measurable differences in our blood chemistry and push those hormones of aging up and they push our immune system down. And so right now, when we really need our immune system to be functioning really, really well in case we catch this virus, our emotional baggage can interfere with our ability to get well. That's what I've observed. And the heart wall, too. You know, I spent the last 10 years of my practice mainly working with people who had been told there was really no hope for them at all in Western medicine, people that had been cast off by the Western medical system. And every single one of those people had this heart wall phenomenon going on. I found that it was a critical piece of the puzzle in order to help them get well, to get rid of that heart wall. So fascinating. People fall in love who never thought they would. People find peace. People find that they're able to feel the love of the creator for them. They're able to feel that for the first time in their lives, people report. People have creative ideas that start to flow spontaneously. It's, I believe, the most important thing that you can do for yourself is start getting rid of that emotional baggage. Mm -hmm. Wow, you've offered a lot of insights for me, and I'm sure our listeners are feeling the same. Unfortunately, I'm coming to a close I'm thinking of inviting you on air this evening. I do an online one-hour segment because I think this is a really valuable conversation. Could you help by leaving us with maybe three steps that our audience could take to help to release that heart wall or the emotional baggage that is trapped behind their heart wall or in their heart wall? Yes, absolutely. The emotion code is a method. It's very simple. Children can learn how to do it, so you don't have to be afraid of that. You can go to audible.com. You can look for the emotion code. You can download it. You can listen to it. You can go to Amazon or any of the other online bookstores, and you can order the book. I like books on audio because one thing is you can get the book immediately. Okay, It's available on Kindle, too. So by listening to the book, it helps you to understand 
not only how the process works, but the why of how it works and so on. Now, if you would rather speed up the process, you can certainly do that. We have practitioners all over the world. And to find a practitioner to work with you, you can go to discoverhealing.com. That's our website. There's a map there of practitioners all over the world. And you can choose one of those people. You can connect with one of them. And realize, though, that this work, you don't have to find somebody in your area. So if you're living in Timbuktu out in the middle of nowhere, it doesn't matter because this work is energy work, and it is done at a distance just as well as it is in person. And all of our practitioners, we have almost 6,000 of them now in 80 countries, they all work with people in other countries and in other places. And it works just as well long distance as it does live and in person. But I'd love to join you for your show later on. I would love that. I'll have Antonia send you an information. Could you leave us with your best email? This is really important work that you're talking about. And it's really needed for us to be able to just move on in life than walking with these heart walls when there's not supposed to be a wall around any of our hearts. Exactly right. And I believe that this is a key to the transformation of this planet. And people have seen it. People have had near-death experiences and have seen it that when enough of these walls are taken down, there's a transformation that occurs in the world. On a macro level, it's also really important. Well, the best email address, if you want to get a hold of us, is actually my assistant. Her name is Jana, J-A-N-A, Jana at discoverhealing.com. I don't work with people myself personally anymore. Because all I do is teach now. I'm kind of retired, and it takes up all my time just to do that and do shows like this and so on. But again, if you're looking for somebody, you can go to discoverhealing.com, go to the practitioner list, and you can find somebody right there. Thank you, oh. Sister Jenna. Great to be here. Oh, it's lovely. I really enjoyed us. All the very best at home. Give my love to the family. Many blessings. <laughs> Thank you, Dr. Bradley Nelson. Same to you. Thank you, Sister Jenna. We'll talk soon. Same here. Take care. How rich was this information, everyone? Did you take a lot from that conversation? I certainly did. Again, you know, are we going to walk around with the fear of the trapped emotions of COVID-19? Or are we just going to move on and just get our acts together and get our lives together? That's what I want to do. That's definitely what I'm planning on doing. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed our conversation. And feel free to play this conversation over again and again. I think it will be very helpful. Remember, no one can take away your happiness unless you give them permission. And we really are here to love each other the same, so let's do that. Keep pausing for traffic control one hour every hour where we just hold that sacred moment of silence so that we can bring some more light into the world and into our lives and more peace into our homes. Okay, here's Bliss coming to the light. Take care, everyone.
I'm Sister Jenna. You've been listening to America Meditating Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Did you enjoy that conversation? Because you can also listen to it on Spotify or on iTunes, 24-7, anytime, anywhere. I do trust we all have inner power to become our very best. When we listen with curiosity to learn more, we grow. So thanks so much for tuning in, and do be easy on yourself. Take care.